0: Good morning, Cornerstone. My name is John, and I will be doing the scripture reading for today, which comes from Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell in the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it, and choked it. And some fell into good soil, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, there are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Hello again, Cornerstone, and good morning. Great that you can join us again for our worship gathering. And uh, today's message will be from... Uh, Luke chapter 8. And we are continuing through our uh, series through the Gospel of Luke. And so uh, if you're interested in hearing the previous messages, if you've never uh, heard them, uh, please go to our website. Uh, It is on the sermon audio page of our website. You can hear all the messages there. Or you can go to our YouTube channel and see all of our previous worship services. So uh, this chapter, um, we are looking at Uh, the parables of jesus and and the gospel of luke uh, details jesus's uh, life and ministry very very uh, closely and um, chapter 8 we are here in this place where jesus is teaching in this form of a parable now parables are stories that may or may not be true uh, that illustrate a lesson uh, or a teaching now jesus uh, used parables often to teach, and we see countless and countless parables uh, throughout the Gospels. And so here in Luke we see two different parables, but we're only focusing on one of them, and that is the parable of the sower, which we just read. Now, it's interesting that this parable is called the parable of the sower because the sower has very little to do with this parable Uh, Not very important at all. The sower is just mentioned briefly, and instead the focus here is on the different types of soil or the different types of places where the sower sows his seed. So let me just recap for us uh, those different places where the sower drops his seed. So first, the sower drops it along the path, um, just a regular path, and it is trampled Underfoot and the birds devoured, so they are unable to take root anywhere Secondly, uh, some fall on rock and as the seeds grow it withers away because it has no moisture Third the seeds fall on thorns um, But the thorns grow and choke the seeds so the seeds eventually die and lastly uh, it, It falls on good soil And we see that it grows and it yields a hundredfold. And Jesus closes this parable by saying this. He says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The title of my message today is Ears to Hear. And Jesus is pointing out how we are to listen. So that leads us to questions. What what are we to listen? What are we to hear? Why is Jesus using this metaphor of different soils? Now, Jesus explains himself, as we just read, and and we'll look into uh, what this means, uh, this parable means, and uh, let's pray before we do that, and let's ask the Lord to help us as we hear his word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray for you to help us here this morning, to hear your word. Give us the ears to hear, open up our hearts and minds to your truth and your word. And help us to see the ways that we can be better hearers, better listeners, so that your word can take root in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, I came across this article, uh, and it it shared the five signs of a bad listener. A a therapist uh, just shared her thoughts uh, as someone who listens to a lot of people. And she shared five different signs that someone is a bad listener. So I'm going to go through them uh, quickly for us. First is that they judge. They say versions of, oh, what, what were you thinking? Or "Or why wh- wouldn't you just do this? Or why wouldn't you just do that? And now I have to admit, I'm guilty of saying things like this before, especially to my wife. Uh, secondly is that they minimize, right? Like, oh, oh, that, that could have been so much worse or or you're making it sound worse than it actually is, or or it's okay, just take it easy, it's a joke, it's not a big deal. And and this is bad because it's a sign of being insensitive, right, and we don't wanna be insensitive, we wanna be sensitive to what people are sharing. Third is that uh, bad listeners discount your feelings, meaning they use the classic, oh, you should be grateful for what you have because there are so many less fortunate people out there in the world. And it's true, of course, there are a lot less fortunate people out there in the world. We tend to be much more fortunate and much more wealthy compared to other people. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't feel bad for bad circumstances in your life. And so, um, yeah, it gives that impression or implication that you should never feel entitled to feel bad about unfortunate circumstances. But, of course, you should be able to, to feel bad and to go through suffering in those situations. Fourth is that bad listeners just give advice all the time, unsolicited advice, right? Like, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And all they try to do is just fix your problem, even though a lot of the time they don't want you to fix a problem or there is no problem to really fix. And lastly, uh, fifth is that bad listeners sometimes do not respond at all. Right? when you share your heart and soul to someone and they just respond in silence, that can be very devastating and it can be really tough because even though that person may not have anything good to say, which is true, um, a lot of times there is no good response to what someone is sharing with us. We can at least acknowledge uh, what they're saying and be empathetic and sympathetic um, and, and understanding of their situation. And so there is a way to respond without actually you know, giving advice or responding in any way like that. So the reality is uh, we all probably have been guilty of many of these things, uh, uh, many of these signs of bad listening. And maybe some of us have done all of these. I probably have done all of these at one point or another. And I, I probably continue to do this in some respects as well. But the, the problem here about being a good listener it's actually not about hearing well or understanding what people are saying. That has nothing to do with being a good listener. It's actually about being sympathetic and empathetic to what they are saying. And a lot of the times when we hear other people's problems, uh, the focus doesn't become on. The focus shifts from them to us. We think about, oh, how do I respond? How do I give good advice? How do I help these people? When instead, all we should really do is. there for them and to say that we're here for you and and we're we're here to share this burden with you right it should all it should be all about them and their situation and we are called to simply be there for them in those moments like i mentioned earlier the key aspect of this parable is about hearing and listening as well and jesus explains the parable himself which he does not always do, right? He, he happens to do so here, explaining the meaning of the parable, but he doesn't always do that in the word. And, and he says this in verse 10, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Then he goes on to say, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Now, I'm going to stop right there because I want to talk about what the seed is. The the seed represents the word of God. And the four different places where the seed is sowed represents different groups of people and how they respond to his word and to the truth of his word. And so what is this truth? For us as Christians, this truth is about the gospel of Jesus. That Christ himself is the one who gave his life up for us as a sacrifice to satisfy the wrath of God. That is the message of of God's word. That is what this is all about. This is all about Jesus, who he is, and what he has done for us. So when we talk about the word, the message, we are talking about Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus, who he is and what he's done for us, his death and resurrection. So Jesus describes these four different types of people as well. And it's remarkable how relevant this is even for us uh, right now, today. First, he mentions the seeds that fall along the path, and these represent those who have heard the gospel, but it just made no impact in their lives. These are the people who hear the gospel and they understand what it means, but it doesn't do anything for them. it just seems like a myth or a fable or just something made up or something ridiculous. So when we talk about sharing the gospel and fulfilling the Great Commission, uh, it's really good to know that this is the reality of the world. That there are many people out there who, who just straight reject the gospel. And that is because of sin. And that is because their hearts are not ready to hear the truth. They're just going to be people who do not respond at all. I shared this story a few years back when we went to Trinidad for a mission trip, and, and we go to Trinidad every other year usually. Um, but one year when we came back uh, from Trinidad, when, uh, when we were in Trinidad rather, um, we were hoping to do ministry in a majority Hindu and Muslim neighborhood. And so we were excited. We had planned to hold a VBS there at a church uh, in that neighborhood. And so we, uh, the day before we went out, to the neighborhood and we handed out flyers and we, we invited people to, to join us and to, um, and to just invite their children to come. And it seemed like the response was pretty good where people were saying, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll send our kids. And, and we thought we would have a, at least some kids join us uh, for our VBS. And so the next day, uh, we got there early, we set up, we, we were doing puppets that year. And so we set up the curtain for the puppets, which is a big pain, um, uh, pain when we were doing this uh, on a mission trip. And um, we had everything ready. We had the music ready and we were just waiting for people to come. And so we waited and we waited and we waited and literally no one came. Well... Uh, there was one kid there, but he just happened to be a church member's son. And so I guess he did not really count. So, yeah, we did not have a VBS that day, and we had to change our plans. And uh, like it says in Matthew 10, we just uh, dusted, the, the, dusted off our feet, and we moved on to somewhere else uh, to do ministry. And so, of course, we were sad and disappointed that we could not do ministry there, but I, I was really uh, proud of our team because we uh, we we understood, uh, and many of our even our young students understood that this is the reality of being a Christian. That some will simply reject us um, and reject the message of Christ. So for those of us who may be afraid of rejection, who are afraid that people won't respond well to the gospel, well, yeah. You're, that is absolutely possible. It is, but it is absolutely an unavoidable reality as well. There are just going to be some people who do not respond well to the gospel. And of course, we need to have wisdom in, in who we share the gospel with and, and try to discern whether they are people of peace and, and try to approach to them in the right manner and the right timing as well. But at the end of the day, there are simply just going to be people who reject the gospel, And we cannot change hearts. That is not our job. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can change hearts and change minds. And so we leave that up to him. All we can do is proclaim the good news and bring the word of God. The second type of people Jesus mentions here are the ones on the rock, who are those who hear it and seem to believe, but uh, because it lands on rock, it doesn't take root anywhere. And so the person who hears doesn't truly believe it, but they they seem like they do, um, and they seem to respond well, but once they are tested or go through a trial, they fall away. Now, this doesn't mean that these people can't return, but it means that their faith was not on solid ground, and, and they really did not truly believe to begin with. Now, um, a good example of this is we we see many people who um, went to church from childhood to adulthood that once they reach adulthood, a lot of them do not continue on uh, attending church. Uh, they, they fall away. And I don't know the exact statistics. Some people say it's up to 75% of uh, children who grew up going to church stop doing so regularly. But it is a lot. It is probably more than half. And that is why... Christianity is so much more than just saying that, oh, as a kid, I prayed the sinner's prayer and that's what makes me a Christian. No, that is not what makes us a Christian. Saying the sinner's prayer is a step to acknowledge that, that we need God and that we need Jesus Christ in our lives and that we are sinners. <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, we need to believe it and live it out in our lives. Because Jesus said never, uh, never said being a Christian would be easy. No, Jesus never said that. Our, our faith needs to be marked by steadfastness and, and endurance. That is what being a Christian is about. Of course, praying the prayer is a step. But how long we endure, how, how we continue to trust in the Lord, how we live our lives, that is the mark of being a Christian. Just saying the prayer itself does not mean anything if it hasn't taken root in your heart, if you do not truly believe it in your heart. So that is the test, right? During trials, do we run away from God or do we turn toward Him? In these difficult moments in our lives, when it gets hard, do we question our faith or do we use our faith to get through the difficult moments thirdly the the third type of people jesus mentions are those that fall on thorns and so the seeds are choked by the pleasures and desires of the world so their fruit does not mature because their focus is on worldly things and and not on godly things as the the parable says fruit is produced when you believe in the Word of God and and if there is no fruit in your life then most likely you are not a Christian and and for those of us who think we we do produce fruit because we attend uh, worship services like we, we watch these uh, worship services online and, and we attend life groups um, no that doesn't exclude us at all yes of course uh, watching worship services together, going to life groups together, those are all important parts of being a Christian. We are supposed to, to live life in community and, and serve one another in community. and that is a, a fruit as well. But that is not what truly um, marks uh, the life of a Christian. And, and I would even say that uh, that it is not if this is your only fruit and everything else you do in your life, Is for the purpose of just pleasuring yourself and and doing uh, whatever uh, you desire for your own satisfaction, then obviously there's some disconnect, right? There's this church life you live for a couple days a week, and then there's the rest of your life. That should not be the case. As Christians, it should be something that we live out each and every day. There's something missing if that is the type of life we are living. So... So, brothers and sisters, let us not fool ourselves. We, we may be in this category. right? We may be these people because there are plenty of us who, who do attend regularly, who do not, but who do not truly live like we believe in the gospel. If we're honest, start with ourselves. I'm sure there are plenty of us who are like this. And most of us, and, and especially most of us in our church community, are comfortable financially and so we are we are rich compared to the rest of the world and it is so much easier for us to get caught up in worldly things i'm not saying it's a bad thing for us to have have more uh have have more financial um uh have more financial benefits but it does mean that it is easier for us to get caught up in the worldly things in the pleasures of this world and and we can't fool ourselves into thinking that that it doesn't affect us. We we can't just say we we are we don't have that problem because we very well might have that problem. And just to illustrate how easy it is to fool ourselves or fool one another, a Christian friend told me once that there was this one church member in his uh, church community who attended regularly, but did not really show any type of spiritual maturity and. And he would serve in many ways. You would see him serving a lot, but there were a lot of red flags that showed up. And and one of that and one of the big ones was that he would come to Sunday worship, but he would never enter the sanctuary. He would actually not go inside. He would just hang out in the lobby or in the fellowship hall. But he would do everything but attend worship services. He would just yeah, he would just not go in for whatever reason. But somehow he ended up being nominated to be a deacon and not only was he nominated he actually ended up being voted in to become a deacon now you may say "Whoa, that's ridiculous and it is true that it is ridiculous a person who does not attend services regularly should most likely not be a deacon especially if they're there but they choose not to go inside right but we have to understand that this church uh, is, had a, is a different circumstance from maybe our church where they are bigger. So if there's more people, uh, it's easier to hide and it's, easier to, it's harder to see what people are doing and, and to know uh, what each individual is like in their walk with God. Um, but at the end of the day, this should not have happened, right? But the point remains it's so easy to fool others and to fool ourselves that we are spiritually mature when, we, when in reality, we very well may not be. Even when it's relatively clear, we are still blinded. I'm sure this man who, who became a deacon, he he thought he could be a deacon and should be a deacon because he accepted that nomination and he accepted the the vote, um, but. The reality is we he probably was not mature enough to be one. And so we need to be honest with ourselves. Are we spiritually mature? Are we truly spiritually mature as much as we think we are? And how much do we prioritize the word of God, the gospel of Jesus, compared to other things in the world as well? We need to be honest with ourselves and examine our hearts on this subject and And if we are, and if we do realize that we are prioritizing the worldly things, we need to repent and and confess to Him and ask the Lord to change our hearts. And the last type of people that Jesus mentions are those in good soil who hear the Word, who hold fast to it, meaning they hold on to the gospel even through the difficult times. Now, the main takeaway we see from this passage is that only a few hear and bear fruit. Now, if you want to take this parable literally, it's one out of four people who hear the gospel and actually bear fruit, which means that not many will truly hear and not many will truly believe. Some may even question why why do we spend so much time then on preaching the word, even if only so few people will respond. Right? Why do we do this in our worship gatherings? Um, even though it may have a general low impact, in quotes. But the problem is that it's not the message that's the problem. The message is the same. Us sharing this message has always been the same. The problem is that those, there are just not many people who are going to hear the message. Only a few hear and bear fruit. But this time where we share this, this time where we share the message is a crucial time for us to hear. So, so the, this time that we share where we give messages and we, we uh, give teachings and share how to apply the word in our lives, this is so important for us to hear and learn and to be reminded of the gospel each and every week. And it reminds us how we are to live as well. Now it's hard to say that it'll be one out of four uh, who do not who hear the word and believe in it because we can't take these parables literally, but we do know that only a few will hold fast. We know that the road is narrow and only some will truly believe. That means that some of us who have confessed to believe, who have been baptized, even though, even those people, even us, we may be ones who do not believe and bear fruit. That is the unfortunate reality of sin and how it blinds us from hearing the message. And that is why it is only the work of the Spirit that can change our hearts, that can lead us to believe and bear fruit. So I know this may sound discouraging, but I don't think we should view it that way because We have to be thankful to God that he would choose to save us in the first place, to to choose to save any of us, even if it may not be all of us, because none of us deserved deserved salvation. We all deserved judgment. But we also have to realize that God's judgment is still very real, and we have to acknowledge that God's judgment uh, is still in our midst. And so some of us will Suffer and endure God's wrath. But let's not forget that the word of God is offered to all as well. It's not just limited to the Jews, but it is a salvation for all mankind. Excuse me. So yes, many people can be saved. Many, many people. Although yes, it seems unlikely uh, that it will happen. But we leave that to the Lord. And we do not make this as an excuse, uh, make this an excuse for us to not share the gospel. So many times we use this as an excuse. Oh, they won't even listen or hear anyway. Why do I have to make the effort to share the gospel? It is our calling to share the gospel, to go and make, make disciples. Jesus gave us this command. So even though only a few hear, we don't know who those few are. And so we continue to do that work and we ask the spirit to, to do that work to change hearts and we are sent as the messengers right to give this message because people ha- we need to still proclaim this message people need to still proclaim the good news because there will be there will be no other way for people to know the message god has called us and sends us to proclaim this message and he uses us for his kingdom work does he need us? No, of course not. In no way does God need us for anything. If Cornerstone, for some reason, collapsed uh, and all of our members left and we no longer existed as a church, the universal church of Christ would carry on. Others would, would, uh, would, would come up and, and proclaim the good news in our place. But the better question we should ask ourselves is, do we want to be a part of God's amazing work? We have this great opportunity. Why wouldn't we want to join together to proclaim this good news, to do the work that God is calling us to do, that we have been called to do from the very beginning, to glorify God and to show the love of God to others? And this leads me to the next point, that bearing fruit takes patience. Verse fifteen ends with Jesus saying that those who hear are in the good soil. Hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. Just because we do what God commands us doesn't mean we'll get results right away. It doesn't mean we'll see results even in the near future. Now we have to get in. Uh, we have to get into what it means to. Bear fruit, and, and in the most basic sense, bearing fruit is contributing to the work of Christ. That means being involved and in serving in the local church. That means evangelizing. That means being a light of Christ wherever we go. So those are the marks of bearing fruit. Uh, but a lot of time, we can do it a lot of these things, and, and we can serve and we can evangelize and share the gospel, but we feel like nothing really comes out of it right away. That's because uh, it takes patience, as Jesus says. Or another word that that can replace patience here in the original is perseverance. Earlier I mentioned how we are to persevere and how we are to believe in Christ and endure through the difficult moments in our lives. And the same goes here, where we are to persevere and continue to share the gospel, and to be patient, to know that God is doing His work, even when we don't see it, when it doesn't seem like we're accomplishing anything. Because again, it's all in the Lord's hands and, and, and God is the one who moves hearts and changes hearts. And, and all we are called to do is to continue to bear fruit, live for Him, to share the Word, and the fruit eventually comes. And sometimes we may not see the fruit uh, in 10, 20, 30 years, maybe not even in our lifetime will we see the fruit. But we know that when we sow seeds in good soil, they will bear fruit. And we need to simply ask the Lord to do that work. Uh, to share a story, a friend uh, a friend named John, uh, he once shared that he had been praying for a family member to, to know Christ. And And he had done this for years and years. And and only after 10 years of prayer did this family member finally start to be open to Christianity and was willing to start attending uh, church gatherings and, and learn more about Christ. Now, it took 10 years for him to not become a Christian, but for him to simply be open to Christianity, to not completely reject it. Now, I don't know where uh, John's family member is now in his walk, um, and I'm not sure if anything has changed since then, but it just goes to show that it takes a long time in certain situations. Another example of this is children. Um, Our children, when we raise our children teaching the ways of God and the truth of Jesus, We don't really know if they will actually believe it. Of course, when they're really young, they believe everything we say, but we know that they have to make a decision for themselves eventually. And we don't know if they're gonna believe it or reject it. Only time will tell. But studies do show that many children who grew up going to church and and where they uh, were given the foundations of the gospel early and often, they say that those are crucial indicators of whether or not that that child will continue on in his faith as an adult. To say the more involved you were as a kid, the more likely you will be involved as an adult. So with our children, we don't see the fruit right away. They don't totally get it, obviously, when they're really, really young. Uh, and I know some people even wonder, like why do we spend so much time teaching children? Why do we care about it? Why do we promote children's ministry at our church? Well, it's because we know that Jesus did it, that's one, but because when we lay down the truths of the gospel as a foundation, it often provides that framework for them to eventually follow uh, Jesus on their own, and it might take 15, 20 years down the road uh, for them to eventually take this step of faith on their own. and. But again it's a long haul it's not immediate fruit but it is worth it because we know that god will use it when we spread the gospel when we share the gospel god uses it so to end our time uh, i think we need to really ask how are we to hear well well for those of us who do not yet believe we Pray that you would be open enough to truly consider this message of Christ, that you would see the need for something more. And, and Christ offers that in your life. He offers that that's something missing that you may be feeling. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. And whatever has been missing in your life, Christ truly fulfills that. And He gives us freedom, meaning, and purpose in our lives. But for those of us who consider ourselves Christians, much of this actually goes back to our attitude of when we originally believed the truth of the gospel also. When we believe in the gospel, we are acknowledging that we need something more. We are acknowledging that we we are missing something in our lives. We can't achieve it on our own. And, And we acknowledge to Jesus that he offers that, that he is the Lord, he is the King, And he offers us something more. And and that posture that we come before God with, that is a posture of humility and teachability. And that is what it takes for us to hear well. Are we humble, humble enough to see our brokenness and acknowledge our sins? Are we teachable enough to hear God's word and apply it in our daily lives? Or are we tuning out the Spirit of God and simply listening to ourselves or doing what we want to do. For some of us, we are just unwilling to change, right? We are just stubborn and we're just so unwilling to change and we're unwilling to listen to what God wants for us in our lives. We think we know what God wants and we think we're doing it, but if we are honest with ourselves, we are not. So for those of us who call ourselves Christians We too can be in rocky soil or thorny soil. And so let us examine our hearts today. Are we listening to do, are we listening or do we have ears to hear God's word? Or are we simply hearing what we want to hear? Perhaps we are simply making it all about us. And and I pray that the Lord will work on all of our hearts. That if, if you feel like you have not been hearing God's word, then pray, repent, and ask the Lord to open your ears and hearts to hear what He wants for you in your life. So with that, let me lead us in a prayer to close our time for today and ask the Lord to help us to hear Him. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we admit that we are hearers who are not of the good soil all the time. Lord, we know that the road is narrow and only a few here, few who hear will believe. So, Lord, that is why we depend on you and your spirit. May your spirit move in our hearts so that we wouldn't be open, so that we would be open to your word, so that we would be true followers of Christ that do not easily wander or fall away. Lord, may we be followers who fix our eyes on you and put our full faith in you help us oh Lord to hear your call that we would not be so wrapped up in our own desires and things of this world but that we would hear how you want us to live although the road is narrow we pray that by your grace we can walk down the path that has been laid out before us oh Lord help us Lord hear our prayers in Jesus name we pray Amen. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless. We hope that this word continues to uh, encourage you, and that you would continue to follow him and know him and believe in what Christ has done for you. See you next time.